So this morning we're, we're continuing with uh, reading some passages from the book of Galatians. And, you know, the book of Galatians, uh, this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatian churches has been described as the Bill of Rights for the Christian life because it creates this sense of uh, framework for the freedoms that we experience as followers of Christ. Uh, Martin Luther, who lived 500 years ago and was so instrumental in the Protestant Reformation, the, the, the Reformation of the Church uh, during that time, uh, said, loved the book of Galatians so much that he said at one point, the book of Galatians is my wife, uh, which is a little odd because he had a wife. Uh, and I don't know how she would feel on uh, Valentine's Day when, you know, one of the Bible books is getting flowers as a gift. Um, but he was so uh, drawn to and influenced by the six chapters of the book of Galatians is that it impacted the way that the church has been shaped over the last 500 years. Uh, in Britain, it's known as the Magna Carta of Christian liberty. It's, uh, you know, echoing back to that document which uh, shaped what the freedom of the English people was 800 years ago. And, and Martin Luther and others over history have, have not been able to get enough of this letter, which is somewhat of a surprise because in some uh, parts of it, Paul speaks quite strongly and incredibly harshly. Um, and so, and there's, there's no like absence of that in this passage here, but read these few verses with me, Galatians chapter three, starting at the beginning of, of Galatians chapter three. And we're just gonna read a few verses this morning and I wanna comment on them a bit. You foolish Galatians, you can see starts out strong here. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? if it really was in vain. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And this, this letter that Paul wrote, like I said, pretty harsh sometimes. And this particular piece of it probably starts out sterner or a little madder than, than any other part of it. And Paul's just kind of really putting the boot in here. Starting out by saying, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Isn't much of a page turner. So we can see that these, he must have been assuming that these people have a level of respect and honor for his place in their lives. Uh, so that he can speak so strongly and so quickly into them, so that they would even kind of carry on reading. But Paul's got this question for these Galatian Christians. Like, who is it? Who is it that's got, only, got under your skin? Who is it that's led you astray? Someone, I mean, even greater than that, someone's put a spell on you and someone's completely drawn you away from what the gospel was supposed to be like. And in that, that very first verse, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? He says, he says, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Now, what's interesting here um, is that it's pretty strong language because the Galatian Christians actually weren't at the crucifixion. 
Uh, they didn't happen to be, you know, in Jerusalem in 33 AD on vacation and just happened to see what was going on or anything like that. They, were, they came to Christ later and Paul um, uh, shared the gospel with them at a later date and then they experienced Jesus uh, through the message that he gave them. But they, they didn't see Christ. So, so why is saying, Paul saying to them that phrase, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And we've got to kind of dig a little bit, a bit beneath the text sometimes, don't we, to find out, you know, not just keep reading, but to find out what, you know, time out for a moment, what does he mean here? Now, if you were uh, being asked to be a witness in a court case, you would, have, you would be being asked to share what you heard or what you touched or smelled or even taste, dep- tasted, depending on uh, the, 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 the senses that you had to communicate as, with your evidence of, uh, of why you're in the court. But the biggest piece of evidence is always, by far, what did you see, right? It's what, what, what you've, you've seen is the biggest question uh, in a court when you're providing evidence. And Paul wants to question these Galatian Christians uh, on their actions because they can't deny that there was a change in their lives that was so significant, so transformational was the, the, the coming into their lives of Jesus Christ and their, their salvation experience. It was so deep, so real. Their knowing Christ uh, was so transformative that they might as well have seen him portrayed in front of them as the crucified Christ. You know, some of us have had that experience, haven't we? And you were, you were possibly thinking about it even as I was saying uh, those words, that, that you can look back and you can say, yeah, there's times when my experience of God's presence in my life has been so real that I might as well be seeing the crucified Christ in front of me. And maybe, maybe you don't see that every day. Most of us don't. But like you, can, you can look back on times in your life when you're like, I know that that was God impacting me like, like, like that. I know that that was God speaking to me. I know that that was God's presence in my life. It was as if the crucified Christ was portrayed in front of me, just like Paul was challenging these Galatian Christians. He says, that's what your experience was. But he says, listen, who's put a spell on you? Who's drawn you astray? Who's bewitched you? Who's taken you off track? If you follow Jesus, there is a almost visual uh, of the work of Jesus embedded in your identity. Something that you will never forget is there. As if you saw him hanging on the cross and you made a choice to follow him because of what you saw. Paul says you've seen Jesus and, and for us today, don't doubt the work of God in your life. I know it's, it's easy to feel like God is distant, but I would, remind, I would encourage you to look back on those times when I've experienced God. I've experienced God. I've known that he was, he was present. I've known that he was on the cross and that he died for me. God is and has been at work in your life. And, and, and in, in this kind of conversation, Paul goes on in verse two and he says, I would just like to learn one thing from you. And I can, as he says this, I can see the smile on his face as he's writing. I can see, I can hear the, the sort of the, the sarcastic tone in his voice because he doesn't essentially, you know, want to learn anything from them. He's, it's a rhetorical question. I would just like to learn one thing from you. This is like one of those, what were you thinking kind of questions. You know, if you're a parent, you're very familiar with this type of question. Um, and the kids are probably at the other end of it going, well, it doesn't matter what I'm thinking 
because I'm only going to get in trouble for what you're thinking and what you think I'm thinking. Um, but we've been in that situation. If you're a parent, you've asked your kids, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? You know, and uh, like, why did you throw yourself face down into all that? You know, like what, what went through your mind? And, and Paul's kind of talking in this same kind of way in verse two. He says, I would just like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Hear that. If, after beginning by means of the Spirit, basically recognizing that when God came into your life, it was because of God, it was by God, it's through God, it's by the Spirit. And yet now we try to continue that experience in the flesh, basically by us uh, continuing it with our own works, with our own hard work. Now, um, let me pause here for a moment. Did you ever hear of uh, a story of a guy named Charles Blondin or Blondin? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. He was a a tightrope walker uh, in the 1800s. Now, as many of you know, uh, I spent 18 years in Detroit. And if you live in a city like Detroit with Detroit's own level of natural beauty, and I'll, I'll leave that there, you're, you're kind of forced to go out of state or sometimes out of country to find beautiful places to visit. And so because of that, my wife and kids and I, on a number of occasions, we drove uh, into Canada, which was very close to Detroit, and then across the the Ontario Peninsula of Canada up to Niagara Falls. And it was about a four-hour drive and enjoyed a night or a couple of days or just a a few hours sometimes at Niagara Falls to to experience what is one of the seven wonders of the world. Incredible place, four million gallons of water a second going over the Horseshoe Falls. And the story goes, of course, or it's a piece of history, that Charles Blondin uh, was a regular feature there back in the 1800s and would run a wire across the Horseshoe Falls at 160 feet above the water. It was an 1,100-foot wire. And in front of crowds, he would a tightrope walk across the falls. And more than that, he, he was pretty theatrical, did all kinds of antics and tricks, and he'd sit on a little stool um, uh, on the tightrope, he'd, he'd eat dinner, he'd sit down. It was the most amazing uh, stuff. He'd, he'd push a wheelbarrow across, all this kind of stuff. On one occasion, the story goes that he invited uh, anybody who would want to, uh, uh, to, 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 come with, to come with him across the falls and to have uh, him carry them on his back. And amazingly enough, uh, one individual out of probably thousands said they would, they would do it. And, um, you know, we we don't know whether this man uh, was just extremely brave or had a death wish, but there's probably never been a time where one individual puts his life in the hands of another individual more than that particular day when Charles Blondin uh, uh, took this man across the the Horseshoe Falls. Uh, But imagine if this man's being carried across the the, the tightrope by Charles Blondin and halfway across he says something like, you know what, Mr. Blondin, thanks for everything you've done, but I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I've got it from here. Like, can you let me down? I'd like to just kind of go the rest of the way on my own. Imagine the response that he would have got from this professional tightrope walker, Charles Blondin, as well as the thousands of people back on the Canadian and American sides watching what was happening and realizing, no, idiot, don't do it. 
Well, this is kind of the tone that, you, that Paul's uh, here. He, Paul's saying here, he's like, I'd just like to learn one thing from you. Are you really saying that after, means, after beginning by means of the Spirit, you're now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Is that really what you're doing? And what do we begin with? We begun by receiving God's grace through faith. Remember, Ephesians 2.8 says that this gift, it's not of yourselves. So it is the gift of God so that no one can boast. So in beginning, we begin with faith. And in continuing, we should be continuing with faith. We receive by the Spirit by faith and we should be receiving by the, uh, the Spirit by faith as we continue in our walk with God. We're not only saved by the grace of God, we're also sanctified by the grace of God. So like, you know, you've heard me quote Colossians 2, 6, which says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in the same way. You began by the Spirit, then live by the Spirit. Paul says in, verses, in these verses, he's saying salvation is by faith. But here's the second thing. He's also saying sanctification is by faith too. The way that we are made holy. Sanctification means that you're set apart, that you're being made holy in an ever-progressing way, not by your own efforts, but by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We are not only saved by faith, but we are sanctified by faith too. So the, the goal that Paul's asking us to, to aim for is not just that we, we, we begin by the means of the Spirit, but that we continue by the means of the Spirit, not by means of the flesh. Now, anyone who uh, knows me, particularly on our, uh, on our staff team at Anthem, know that I'm not the biggest expert in the, the, the dates of the annual church calendar. I mean, I know when Christmas is, and I don't think I've missed one yet. And Easter is, is normally right around my birthday. This year, it's on my birthday, so I'm like, I'm not going to forget that one. Um, but when it comes to things like, you know, uh, Ascension and Pentecost and Advent, I mean, Ashley told me when it was Advent last year, I didn't even know. Uh, I tend to miss some of those dates. Uh, this Wednesday coming up, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days from now, is Ash Wednesday. And it's the beginning of the Lenten season, the beginning of the, the period, which is 40 days leading up to, uh, the, leading up to Good Friday, to, the, to the, the day of the crucifixion. And Ash Wednesday is that day when millions of Christians around the world take the, the Lenten, the, uh, the Ashen sign of the, the cross on their foreheads, and we'll regularly through the day probably look in the mirror and be reminded that uh, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was portrayed as being, as being crucified. Uh, this, this Wednesday marks, and some of you, this may be in your tradition to take that, that symbol, uh, but this Wednesday marks the beginning of that observance period of what Christ has done for you that you could not do for yourself. And for some Christians, that's what it means, and we, and we celebrate that. But... Sadly, there are some Christians who uh, see this as the first day of, of this 40-day period of suffering where I'm just going to prove how much I love God. I'm going I'm to I'm work so hard. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to stop driving so fast. I'm going to stop looking at porn. I'm going to stop stealing post-its from the office. Like Whatever it is on that spectrum that is your thing that you are finding it hard to stop. Like, I'm just going to make myself miserable till April 2nd on Good Friday in the hope that somehow God will like me. You know why they're doing it? They're, it's because they're beginning in the spirit and they're trying to continue in the flesh. Paul, Paul carries on in verse 5. He says, so I ask you again, 
Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing in what you heard? And he's, he's doing it again. He knows the answer. He's, he's not trying to find out the information. He's trying to let them know, listen, you did not fulfill the works of the law by trying to please God. It's by believing what you heard. There's no miracles worked in you because, uh, because of works, but there's a heck of a lot of miracles and grace worked in us by believing what we heard. And if you receive the mark of the, the cross on your forehead uh, on Ash Wednesday this week, I challenge you to receive it as a mark of identity. I belong to Jesus. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. I'm receiving it as a mark of my identity as a son or daughter of God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that we don't have to walk in, uh, in the flesh, as Paul was saying, and try to achieve anything in the flesh that is going to earn us our salvation or earn us our sanctification. I thank you, Lord, that it's all done because of you and that we can, uh, we can stand confidently today uh, recognizing all that you have done so that we don't have to do it. And we can, we can identify ourselves. We can continue to see Christ clearly portrayed before us on the cross. And so with that, Lord God, we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. We can see the work that you are doing over and over again in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.